0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, include it with Prime. Welcome to Missing in Canada, an ongoing series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello listeners, and welcome back to Nighttime's Missing in Canada. In this episode, we're again in Hamilton, Ontario investigating the disappearance of 23-year-old mother of two, Emily Bailey. In our prior episode, we met with one of the last people to see Emily, her friend Nikki. And during that talk, Nikki shared some very troubling information about the circumstances of Emily's disappearance, but specifically about the behavior of the man Emily was last seen with, a fellow named Jeff who happens to be the brother of Nikki's partner. Well, to put it lightly, when that episode was released, just about all hell broke loose. Many people who had been following Emily's story were hearing these details for the first time, and, well, it certainly added a lot of pressure to those tasked with investigating this case. And now I'm going to tell you up front, it's going to happen again in this episode. Shortly after the release of that prior episode with Nikki, I connected with someone else very close to this story and they offered to reveal some more startling new details that'll shed even more light on what may have happened to Emily. Brandon Hunter is the father of one of Emily's daughters. You've heard him mentioned several times in the past as he was the person responsible for reporting her missing to the Hamilton police. Well, as you're soon gonna learn, Brandon was in regular contact with Emily leading up to her disappearance. And some of the information she shared with him Led to Brandon showing up at the door of this Jeff Fellas house in the days after the missing persons report was filed. So let's get into it. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, we'll be joined by Brandon Hunter for a discussion surrounding the disappearance of his close friend and the mother of his child, Emily Bailey. Just, just start, Brandon. Maybe, before we get into your connection to Emily and how you met her and all that, tell me a bit about about you. Who are you? Where are you?
1: Well, my name is Brandon Hunter. I'm 28. Um, I met Emily probably 29, 2018. I think I met Emily. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, I met her at a bar randomly. And it's a funny story I bumped into her and spilled her drink on the pool table and I had to buy her another one. That's how we met.
0: That's a good trick to meet someone, actually. The start of me and Emily. Wow, that is that is a strange start. And now you're you are the father of Emily's youngest or oldest?
1: Yeah, uh, all kids leave.
0: Kids, okay. So you so you meet Emily in this strange kind of way at, at a bar. What, what other than kind of a mutual uh, enjoyment of having a good time at karaoke night at this particular bar, uh, what, what brought you together? Like, what do you think um, connected you to or what about you and her were, were a match for that period of time? Do you think
1: I, I was living in Scarborough with my father and I would frequent Hamilton because like my mom, my family live here. And I would come visit Emily or lie. And it was kind of weird to me that she never had like a steady place of living.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the one or two times that we went back to her mom's house, it was not very amicable. And she was bouncing around between friends' houses. And I, I felt for the girl and I, I brought her to Scarborough to live with me. She's lived with me for about three, four months out in Scarborough. And due to some unfortunate events that I, highly regret right now we broke up and she came back to hamilton
0: Mm.
1: about a week or two after her returning to hamilton she tells me she's pregnant and at that time it was a little spiteful breakup and it came down to the day kinsey was born on march 2nd 2020 and i got a picture sent to me just after midnight and i looked at it and i said that's a damn ringer of me as a baby (laughs) Wow. From there, I was a very rocky relationship between me and her for the first six months of Kinsley's life. Yeah. And then after that, we got closer and we would see each other a lot more. I would talk to Kinsley and come see her as much as I can. And then, due to incidents that transpired early last year, I got in, incarcerated, came out in October of last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The day I got out of jail in October, Emily's. So excited, cause I was the first. because she's the first person that I called when I left the jail. She told me to call her when I got home. I did. And she was staying in a park at the time in a tent. And she had mentioned that she just missed um, some place that was handing out food for people that were staying in the park. And she wasn't able to get food for the night and asked if I could uh, find someone to get her $20 and get some food. I was like, let me see what I can do for you. I checked how much balance I had on my credit card. And I told her, find what you want on Uber Eats. Let me know. I'll order it for you. Mm-hmm. I ended up sending about $75 worth of food to the park that night.
0: Wow. And
1: from that day on, that me and her became best friends. She would call me every day. And any time of the night, And she would just call me. If I didn't answer, she'd call back again until I answered.
0: Huh.
1: And she was amazing. Anytime she had any problems or turmoil that she was going through, she would video call me. Even if she didn't say anything because of either maybe out of fear or whatever the case may be, she would subtly show me bruises or something and let me know what was going on. Okay. And I would constantly try to tell her, if you need help with anything, let me know. I will be there for you. You're the mother of my daughter. No matter what we've been through, you gave me the biggest blessing of my life. And I'm forever indebted to you for that. Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you really like kind of reconnected months prior, just a couple months prior to her, her going missing. It sounds like just with, you know, you getting out of prison or whatever, it seems like you were just kind of getting on the right path as, you know, co-parents or whatnot. Uh, although you weren't together, it seemed like the, the relationship was good between you two at this point.
1: It was beyond good. It, it got to the point where my mom called me and she said, what's going on between you and Emily? You guys are talking a lot more than you used to. And I just had to laugh, and I'm like, Mom, I I love her. She's my best friend, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so from there, I was on house arrest in Scarborough. I was bound to stay in my home or be with my shirtie. When I found out at the beginning of January, my mom would message me or call me every day and say, have you heard from Emily? I said, no. I'll let you know if I did. A couple days go by, you heard from Emily? No, it got to a point where mom calls me and she's like, Brandon, have you heard from Emily? And I said, okay, mom, this is really weird. Now, let me call a couple of her friends. I called a few of her friends and they all said, as a matter of fact, now that you you mention it, I haven't heard from Emily in almost a week. This was January 10th. I phoned my mom back and um, I told her, I was like, no one else has heard from her. So when nobody had heard from her on the 10th, I called Hamilton police. Um,
0: yeah, so I, I knew it was you that actually was was the one who filed the report. But as far as how it actually like what actually led to you be uh, led to you being concerned, I, I understand she she didn't show up for uh, a planned visit. Tell me about that. Like a, I'm I'm assuming it was like a certain day of the week or something. She would come by to to see Kinsley and spend time with Kinsley.
1: She would message my mom and ask if she could come by on days that weren't scheduled. When it got to a certain point when she was missing visits and not contacting my mom, it was my mom and my stepdad started to get concerned because they have done amazing work with my daughter. And I don't know where I would be or Kinsley would be if it wasn't for these two. They're my superheroes right now and Kinsley's as well. So they would, they started getting worried and then it started worrying me. And it got to a point, now I regret that it took 10 days. It should have been two days after call, but Emily's known to go off the grid for a couple days here and there, not for 10 days. It was, she messaged me New Year's Eve around 12, 12.30 in the afternoon, mentioning that, um, she's like, hey, you're really good at getting uh, cars, uh for rent can you uh i need one for the day i'm like what what's going on she's like uh i just need to i have some running around to do and i need a driver i'll pay them and i was like okay it was a little odd because her boyfriend jeff at the time he had a truck that's so was wondering was like why do you need a vehicle if you if jeff has a truck and then we stopped talking from then and the at at 239 a.m new year's morning i messaged her happy new year and that is the last message that has been opened and delivered to her on Facebook.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And she didn't respond to it, obviously, right? No. So the 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 thing with the car, this is the first I heard of her needing a car or looking for a car on New Year's Eve or well, at least the, the afternoon of that day. Did she elaborate on the running around, like what she needed to do or why she would have needed this car?
1: She didn't have to with me because I knew what it was for. Jeff was going to every store he could and stealing stuff and then reselling it. And there was a point she called me and she was in the, video called me and she was in the basement like with a power grinder standing down copper so they could go sell it. And I'm like, what is going on? This guy's supposed to be having a job, all this good stuff's going on for you. And then when she told me she was pregnant with this kid, that's what I think triggered whatever ended up happening to Emily going missing with Jeff.
0: Wow, okay, because this is new to me as well. So I just want to back up and we'll go through this slow.
1: Nobody else wants to tell you the
0: truth. Her and Jeff, so the business that they're talking about, you you mentioned is like stealing and reselling stuff. So if she needed a car, it was likely to get somewhere to steal stuff. Is that what you thought, like what you think? Or
1: That's what I think they wanted it for at the time, yes.
0: Yeah, okay. And um, okay, so that's one thing. And then, yeah, I, I had not heard that she was pregnant how did you how, how did did she tell you or how did you find that out
1: like i said we were so close she messaged me and said she's like hey what are you doing I'm like nothing why what's up she's like are you alone i'm like yeah she's like okay call me i have to tell you something i'm like okay so i had called her and she's like brandon i'm scared i don't know what to do i'm like what's going on she's like i took a pregnancy test and it's positive Whoa.
0: and when was this sorry
1: it was I can go back and check the exact date for you Mm -hmm. it was on November 24th she sent me a picture of a pregnancy test
0: whoa okay so basically just a month and a week or two prior to her disappearance okay yeah and
1: at the time she was staying with um, a friend of hers because I guess she was on and off Rocky with where she was with Jeff and she told me that her, her and Jeff were taking a break and that Jeff was coming by to talk to her. So they could talk about the little situation oh, She said it went, it went okay. And then she ended up going back and staying with Jeff.
0: Wow. You now this, this Jeff that, yeah. Did you like, how do you, how well did you know him and what kind of experiences yeah. did you have with this guy?
1: Emily would tell me about him and she constantly told me, she's like, I want you guys to meet each other, but I don't want you guys to meet each other. And I'm like, it's probably a good idea. And then when she stopped responding, I I started talking to Jeff online. And I was questioning him on what's going on. Like, where's Emily? Have you seen her? And he said, no. And then it was, so I reported her missing on January 10th. Mm -hmm. The next morning, January 11th, there was a picture posted on East Hamilton Watch Facebook group Mm -hmm. of an abandoned black pickup truck out in Alberton. And... That's where this mysterious truck came into play.
0: Okay. I thought,
1: was, I thought that was either Jeff or Dean's truck, so I messaged Jeff right away. I'm like, "Yo, bro, where the fuck's your truck? What's going on? Where's Emily?" I was getting mad. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I breached my house arrest, and I drove to Hamilton at maybe 12:30 in the morning. I called Jeff. I'm like, "Yo, are you are you are you at home?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I'm outside your house. Come outside and talk to me." He came outside and talked to me. Mm-hmm. And then from there, everything was, I was super calm and he was very timid-like and to the point where I heard what happened to him uh, the night before where some people had shown up to his house and said, um, we're here to look for we're coming in. Mm-hmm. They went in, whatever happened, I showed up, I'm like, so I heard you had a couple people here yesterday. And he's like, yeah, um, they came by and I'm like, it looks like nobody touched you, nobody hurt you, everything's okay. And then he had told me his truck was in the impound since December and that wasn't his truck. Mm-hmm. So I told him, until he's fully cleared, he's still going to be a suspect in my book. Mm-hmm. And until he can clear his name on whatever comes up, I will, as a man, apologize to him for whatever it was. I came to him and I was like, I told you, I apologize to you about the truck, so I'm sorry. He's like, thank you. I was like, he backed up. And he's like, you're not going to hit me or anything. Right. Uh, that, that's what triggered me a little bit. I'm like, why, why do you think I'm going to hit you? Mm. Is there something you're hiding or. And I was like, I thought you went to the hospital and, uh, you, you cut up your hands, he had no bandages on his hands or anything. Okay. And then he invited me into his house. I went into his house and there is a whiteboard in his kitchen that has Emily's friends' names and numbers, some of them written on them. And when Emily's phone went missing in the middle of December, she lost it or broke it or something allegedly. I looked behind Jeff in his dining room and there's a stack of maybe eight phones just sitting there. And that was a little weird. Something that just kept in the ticker there.
0: Yeah, that that is certainly odd. So it- you show up at his house again, and, and this will come into play. You're on host arrest, so you're supposed to be back in like Scarborough or whatever. You yeah. you're, you're so kind of concerned about this Jeff guy. You drive the, all the way to Hamilton. You get him to come outside, and you have this this talk. And he right from there, he invites you in, and you go into his place. Did he like? What was his mood like? He was
1: high as he was really high on whatever it was that he was on. Mm-hmm. It was not normal okay his eyes were so pinhold and beady; they were darting all over the place he couldn't stay still he was up and down from sitting and then all of a sudden i'm this really amicable nice guy that he respects me and I, he appreciates that i came to him the way i did and he's like i appreciate that and I, I i thank you for not coming here and hitting me
0: and, and this is your first time meeting this guy, right?
1: Yes.
0: Um, what about this? You, you said you were you were writing to him uh, after Emily didn't respond. Tell me about that. Like, when did your messages to Jeff start? And what like what was he saying about where she was and all this stuff? It, like, it was, uh, the
1: messages would have started in early January. I can go back and see if I can find them.
0: This is just like through Facebook, you're writing him, right?
1: Yeah. So January 11th was the first message I sent him at 10, 12. I'm like, hey, you are the last known person and place to have Emily. She is missing. What do you know? Called him He didn't answer. I'm like, where's Emily? No more games. You were were the last to see her and have her in your house. Too many people want and need her home safely. Too many things lead back to you. It's in your best interest to cooperate with anybody who asks you. At January 11th, 9.32 p.m., he's like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Call me. I'm like okay. I call him, and that's when he tries to explain to me, very mumble like on the phone that he's like, oh, "I I don't I don't know where Emily was." I like he said, New Year's Eve. She said they got into a bit of an argument and she left, hmm. but she didn't say where she was going. And Jeff had mentioned to me that he told her. Oh, i'll always care for you i'll always be there for you anything you need just let me know and that's what jeff told me then
0: okay so so according to like as far as what he told you she just walked off from his house and that's the last he sees her wow all right um so you go to his house he lets you in there you see the phones how does this end eventually do you just like shake his hand and like see you later buddy
1: basically yeah yeah because at that point i'm like everybody's a suspect, but there's nothing worse than an innocent person being blamed for something they didn't do. I've been on the receiving end of that many times, Yeah, but there's no one's, there's no answers, nothing. I we're left in the dark with all of this. And I tell my mom and my dad and my close family, I'm like, I know I'm on conditions for staying home, but in my heart of hearts, I'm going to go look for Emily. If I do get stopped by police, I know i did it for the right reason mm-hmm. and and february 9th mm-hmm. this, is, well, this is after i did the rally that we did like i got arrested february 9th breaching house arrest and that's when i went away for the four months i just came back out now
0: yeah and what you mean went away you were you got arrested for breaching your conditions to stay at home or whatever and my understanding is that when you weren't at home and breached your conditions it was to. uh, conduct a search or be involved in a search for Emily is that right
1: yes so when I reported her missing on January 10th um, I created um, what was supposed to be initially like a get together of her friends to just think of what to do and start looking for her and it was planned for I think it was January 15th the Saturday but the weather was minus 30 that day so we scheduled it for the 16th Mm -hmm. By this time, there's reporters from the Hamilton Spectator, CHCH, CP twenty four, that have contacted me and got wind of the rally. Okay. It was the CHCH showed up to Beasley Park on the February or January sixteenth, and that's when they did the the first set of news and videos. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know the one because I, I saw you interviewed or at least talked to briefly, I think, in that report.
1: Yes, it's the same one that you used in the start of um, Lori's podcast. Wherever she is, just please come home. man. We love you, miss you.
0: Brandon Hunter and Emily share a child together, 22-month-old Kinsley. Emily has another daughter, Harper, who is three. The girls are currently living with their grandparents.
1: She runs around on her on her toy phone, Let's to say, just talking to mommy. Her sister, Harper, looked at me the other day and said, please just bring my mommy home. And it's so, so difficult. It's the hardest thing I've had to deal with. Do you want a hug? It, but where does the
0: arrest happen? When is it that they get you for breaching your orders?
1: February 9th, so at this point, I'm back and forth between Scarborough and Hamilton, just doing everything I can, trying to figure out things, follow up on leads, do whatever I can to try and get answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving a store and police show up there and they, they tried, they ID me and I'm not going to hide anything. I gave them my name Shit. and okay. they ran it and they said, you have, you're on a release order where you're sh- you supposed to be in your residence or with your surety. And I wholeheartedly explained to them, I'm here. This is a family emergency The mother of my daughter is missing. It's in your database. I reported her missing with you guys. And they said, there's some things we can give leniency to and other things. We can't. We're sorry. We have to take you in on an undertaking of breach of conditions. Wow. Um,
0: and then you, you, that's four, when, four months you're, you were back in because of this.
1: Yes. I went in January, February 9th and I just got released on June 4th. Wow. Okay. And in those four months, that's when a whole slew of comments and slanders, because everyone got wind of me being in jail. Oh, Uh maybe Brandon did it. Why is Brandon in jail? How is Brandon in jail now? Oh, it's kind of weird that Brandon and Emily got really close. Now Brandon's Mm -hmm. in jail.
0: Um, let me just ask you this, the, the original charges and stuff against you that led to this bond, this condition and all this stuff. Is, is any of it violent in nature, or is it something altogether different?
1: No, I'll be honest with you. There were there were drug charges. Okay.
0: Yeah, I understand. I'm going to bounce around a bit with a few th- things that are just on, on my head. Is one, um, you mentioned So uh, Emily had told you that she was um, pregnant with, with Jeff's kid, Uh, She was uh, anxious about it. She talked to him and it seemed to go okay. Did you have any other conversations either with her or Jeff about about her pregnancy after after that?
1: I did with her and she told me that she was going to go and get an abortion. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that's what might have set off a trigger and started a downward spiral.
0: But, But you don't know of her ever actually going through with that, do you?
1: I don't know. I can't confirm that.
0: Yeah. But I guess if you, I'm just thinking you're in touch with her a lot. If she was, you likely would have been one of the people that she turned to for support or, or at least talked it out as that was happening. Um, and, and did you ever bring, bring up the the pregnancy or abortion with Jeff by chance?
1: No, no I yes. didn't. Okay. Uh,
0: I wanted to to ask you a bit about about nikki so in in the last episode i did uh, covering emily's story i had nikki who was a bartender at a time and connected with emily through that profession Uh, i had her on the show and and she was well connected with jeff as jeff is her husband or partner's um, brother nikki did you, you do you know her at all and if so what kind of interactions did you have with her
1: i've known nikki as long as i've known emily Really? Okay. I met them both the same time at the same bar.
0: Oh, okay. Was, was Nikki working at this bar that you met Emily at?
1: Uh, it was a different bar by a different name at the time, but yes. Okay. All right.
0: And what, uh, tell me about her. Like what was your relationship like with her? What did you know about her? Just, and the reason I'm asking is I, I guess I was surprised at how close she actually is with Emily.
1: Uh, the way Emily described Nikki was uh, that Nikki was her aunt.
0: Oh really okay
1: and so every time we would go to the bar she's like hey come my, my aunt's working let's go see my aunt and then me and nikki developed a, a relationship on a certain level through the bar and then a few years went by me and emily broke up me and nikki fell out of contact mm-hmm. until now when emily went missing and nikki found out through me that emily was missing
0: all right um, can you talk at all? You say you had a relationship to the bar with Nikki. Do you mean just in terms of like you go there and she worked there, or was there anything else to it that you can tell me about?
1: No, that that was it. She was a bartender there, and yeah. it was seven days a week karaoke. So I was like, okay. boom, I'm in. <laughs> all right.
0: As yeah. far as far as uh, what Emily and and Jeff were doing together, I don't know how much you know about about them, like whatever crime they were involved in with stealing or whatnot. But do, would do you think it could have been something that was going far enough that she'd be putting herself in danger, or are we talking about kind of petty crime that, that these petty two
1: crime. Did? It was just like LCBOs, Walmart, and she'd always stayed in the vehicle. She would call me while he was in the store. I'm like, What are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm sitting in the truck, just in the store. I'm like, oh. Oh, Okay, cool.
0: Oh, so he would go in the store and grab stuff. Yeah. She- And she would be outside as the, you know, the the driver or just holding off in the car or whatever as he shoplifted or whatever. Um, Because my understanding is that he's in prison now and has been since sometime right after her disappearance. I wonder if this is connected to why he's in jail now, this
1: stuff. No, it's not. I do know why he is in jail, though. Are you able to say? He is in jail right now on a previous domestic for his ex-girlfriend that is also a friend of Emily's.
0: Really? Okay.
1: He beat her so bad one time with a, a plastic chainsaw that he thought she, he killed her. Okay. And this is right from the girl that didn't. She's shown me her court papers with Jeff's name on it. Nikki,
0: um she made it sound like he never had any
1: violent history. <laughs> he did. And his the mother of his children also has domestic charges against him.
0: Um and with, with Jeff, so you have this, this time where you go to his house and talk to him. Did you, did the, either of you have much contact after that? But I guess my understanding is he got sure. arrested not long after that, I believe.
1: Yeah. And the couple weeks after the first rally, so probably from January 16th up until maybe the 27th or so, mm-hmm. he would message me and ask about any more information and whatever little tidbits of information that I had gathered from people. I would, it would go to him or whatever. And he would, he made it seem to me like he was extremely worried and trying to help and doing everything he can. He's like, oh, I just want to find her as much as everybody else. Um, I miss her, this and that. And then one day it just, it just switched. And he's like, yo, bro, what are you, what are you doing? I heard the, I heard of the cops stopped you at, uh, in Burlington, you're supposed to be in house arrest. I'm like, "How, how the hell did you find that out? Because I was working, and I was okay to be there because I was on a a work day. So I was allowed to be there, and the cops left that day. But for the fact of him to go and switch and then start saying, what's going on with you? What's up? Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where he was getting aggressive enough to the fact that he wanted to fight me.
0: Like, what do you mean by that? Like, just in terms of his tone, or did he actually say
1: something? Yeah, the, the tone of what he was saying to me, it was like, oh, are you accusing me of something? Like, do you want to fight? But I'm the bigger man here. And I'm the only surviving parent right now as it stands for Kinsley. I'm not going to go and put myself in more trouble over you. It's not worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. it Give me a sense of like what he was saying. Like, I'm just trying to imagine in in a message how it, how it gets like that. Like, was he like actually accusing you of something? Or or was it just the line of questioning? Like, what what exactly was he saying to you?
1: So it January 25th. He's like, yo, man, what's up? What's going on with you? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, with everything going on right now, bro, there are limitations to what you can be doing. He's like, where's your head at, dude? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm hearing a lot of different things these days for what and why. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what the fuck? What did you do, Brandon? I'm like, technically, I was breaching house arrest, but I was at work. And I was like, because Emily is family, that's the mother of my daughter, and I was working, I was okay. And then he's like, then why are the police after you? Why are they questioning you? And then I went and did a two-hour video deposition with the police, and my name was cleared. They said they never had one thought of it being me or me having anything to do with it. For one, why am I going to put myself at risk and show face on national television, Mm -hmm. put my name in newspapers, and have all that out there if I did anything? Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, but he but uh, yeah, I'm getting kind of in reading those messages. I'm kind of getting a sense of where it's going. Yeah, it is odd that he would know all that stuff and that he would bring it to you. Um, With seeing Emily, someone you know well and care about the mother of your child, seeing her now on the on the news, missing persons posters. Like, does it even feel real to you at this point? Like when you're walking down the street, if you see a missing persons poster of Emily, like, how do you, how do you deal with this to see all this stuff and seeing it online and podcasts was, being made about her?
1: Well, while I was inside, it was easier for me to not, cause I didn't see anything that was going mm-hmm. on. And then when I got out on the last Friday, I came to my mom's house really quick and seen my daughter. And then I came back very early the next morning and that's when my mom showed me the picture book and that's what started it. I just, I just broke down crying. And anytime I see her picture now, it's just no matter what, at the end of the day, I always have and I always will have love for her. She's the mother of my child. She was an amazing mother. She still is an amazing mother. It's, it's setting in that my daughter needs me more than anything right now. And that's my main focus is to be the best father that I can be for my daughter because she deserves that more than anything.
0: I want to thank you for joining Brandon and I for our discussion surrounding the disappearance of Emily Bailey. Just like I said in the end of the prior episode, this conversation has again changed the way I view this case. And now, an even more disturbing set of circumstances have revealed themselves. Emily, pregnant and in far less than a stable living situation, and Jeff, a man alleged to be all sorts of bad things, seemed like a recipe for trouble. I don't like the direction this is headed, but it seems to be getting there pretty fast. Someone out there knows what happened to Emily. Now's the time to talk. Contact the Hamilton police and tell them what you know. Emily's loved ones, her daughters, they need to get get past this part of the story. And if you're apprehensive about contacting official sources yourself, you can create a burner email account and send me a message at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. I'll pass whatever it is you know along anonymously. And one last thing before we wrap this up, if you're following the discussion surrounding this episode, you should join the Missing Emily Bailey Facebook group. I'll link to it in this episode's description. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. But before we part, I want to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Brandon for sharing your story with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. I'd also like to thank Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. But most importantly, I want to thank everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But saying that, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. For about the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep the show alive at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And not only does the premium feed make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed, as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. And on the topic of it, let me thank the newest subscribers John, Greg, Rin, and Duke. Thank you for going premium. If anyone else would like to support the show but can't do it financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, If you want to give feedback on a show, or if you'd like to suggest a future topic, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.